0: ESPN 94.1 FM at 8930. Present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC.
1: Welcome into the November 20th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join us anytime by calling us on the Miller Lite phone lines, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Coming up this hour, we're going to hear from Marshall women's basketball coach Tony Kemper i talk to him about his team's win yesterday and, of course, thundering herd back in action tomorrow. We've got a doubleheader tomorrow, and let me give you the update on what you can expect. Women play tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Men will play at 8 o'clock. We will go on the air at 6.30. For our pregame coverage, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So the women were victorious, and we'll talk to Coach Kemper in a few minutes about that. The men, not so much. Tough loss yesterday. Marshall dropping to College of Charleston. They lost seventy-six to sixty-six. Tavion Kenzie was good. He had thirteen points. He was in double digits. He was five for 11 from the field. He had seven rebounds, two steals. Jared West was okay, 12 points. Jansen Williams, Michael Byers, they had 11 points. So they're all in double digits. And there were times where I just looked at Jansen and I thought, you're just not feeling it tonight. And then he goes and does something like have seven rebounds. He had six blocks. Byers was perfect from the charity stripe. He was 8 of 8. But really, you want to dig into the stats and look at the score sheet. Marshall, as a team, in that first half only shot 11 of 29, 37.9%. In the second half, wasn't much better, 12 of 32, 37.5%. For the game, they shot 37.7%. That was 23 of 61. Three-point line was not kind to the herd, 2 of 11 in that first half, 18.2%. Second half, they uh, picked their shots a little bit better, not much, 3 of 8 Again, ending up with 37.5 there for the game. They were 5 of 19 from the three-point line. That's good enough for 26.3%. Now, you look at some of the vanity points, the specialty points, hustle points, whatever you want to call those, uh, I'm hustle points. Marshall got outscored in the paint, 34 to 30. Points off turnovers, that was a big one. 19-12 in favor of College of Charleston. Second chance points, 22-2 in favor of Marshall. So that's a big win there. Fast break points, 10-4 in favor of College of Charleston. The bench chipped in 19 for College of Charleston. Marshall's bench came off and gave you 10. It was not a perfect night for the Thundering Herd. Young team, you can say that. Haven't found their chemistry yet. You could possibly say that, but... It comes down to shooting, 23 of 61. That just wasn't very good. Turnovers, 18 turnovers for the Thundering Herd, 18. Marshall had 8 assists. College Charlton had 8 assists. Blocks, 10 for the Thundering Herd. So defensively, they're okay. I mean, 76 is okay defensively. I mean, that's pretty good for a Thundering Herd basketball team on most nights. The problem is the offense just can't put the points they need on the board. That's the difference there. Steals. 9-7 Nine seven in favor of Charleston in that contest as well, but you got four guys in double digits. Iron Bennett had nine, so he was close. That's it, pretty much. You didn't get much scoring from anybody else. I mean, same story for for Charleston. They have five guys in double digits, and pretty much that's almost all of their offense. But Grant Ryler, twenty two points. Brevin Galloway had twelve. Jalen McManus had 12. Zepp Jasper had 10. Sam Miller had 13 points as well. He was out there 30 minutes. For the most part, your starters did not give you much. And then when you had to go to the bench, Marco Saranac, he had 15 minutes of game time and only ended up with two points. Darius George, 14 minutes of game time, he only had four points. Uh, Goran Miladinovich had 12 minutes of game time. He came up with four points. You got four minutes of Cambrook Harris out there, and you didn't get any offense from him. So the bench has got to chip in a little bit more. you got to find some offense. I will say this. I've been a little critical of a couple of guys. Jansen Williams, because I expect more out of him. I think he can bring you more, and I thought you saw some of that start to come back out. I mean, he has six blocks. He had 11 points in the game. He was 5 of 10. You know, For the most part, I was kind of wondering, hey, why are you pulling up taking that three? You were 1 of 5. And really, this is a better stat line if you add some free throws. He missed all four of his free throws. So he's got to be frustrated right now. And again, you're critical of a couple of guys because, well, you expect better out of them. Not that you're expecting every player on the court to just be the greatest basketball player ever. But you've seen guys play, and you know what they're capable of. And then you look at their game, and you think, come on, you can do better than that. I mean, Bennett, nine points. i like to see more out of him. Kenzie, of course, you're going to get quality minutes out of him. You're going to get quality offense. Jared West, you're going to get quality minutes from him as well. He's out there 36 minutes. Tavion's out there 38. And with West, you look at his stat line, two of five from the three-point line. Wasn't sent to the free throw line at all. He had two rebounds. He was out there for a while. A couple assists, a couple of turnovers, a couple of steals. Jansen, though, I mean, I circled that six blocks. That's pretty good. Maybe the offense is not working for him at the moment, but on the defensive side, he had six blocks. Rebounds, he had seven. I'd like to see that improve a little bit more for him. I mean, the herd did win the rebound battle 43-37, so that's a positive. There are some things you can take away from all of those positives, but at the end of the day, The one thing we care about the most is the score, and that's 66 points for Marshall. Charleston gets 76. That means they score more. They win. And Marshall now on a three-game losing streak, hoping to rebound, trying to get back into the win column. Thundering herd will have an opportunity, and that's coming up tomorrow. And we're going to talk about that game later. Also, we are going to talk women's basketball. Tony Kemper, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team. We're going to have him on the other side of the break. We're going to talk to him about yesterday's victory and the upcoming game also got a lot to get into. We'll have some football to talk to you about later on. I had a chance to catch up with a couple of players earlier this week, and we'll talk about the upcoming game with Marshall and Charlotte on the football side of things. Also, the selection committee rankings come out yesterday. We've got those. We'll talk about that. And, of course, your phone lines are open for you. But hold off on that because I've got the coach calling in here in a few minutes. We're going to talk to him when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Yesterday at the Cam Henderson Center, Marshall was in action. The thundering herd beats Coppin State. 60-47, 60 to 47. A fun day yesterday for the ladies, and joining us on the program now the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, Tony Kemper. Your squad will be back in action tomorrow, part of a doubleheader at the Cam Henderson Center. But yesterday, you had the early morning game, and boy, isn't that fun having all those screaming kids just yelling nonstop during your game?
0: Well, it was. It was good. You know, I was actually impressed with. Uh... I, I, they must be teaching basketball one oh one in the uh, in the grade schools around here because I have been to a number of those games where uh, they don't they don't seem to know which team they're supposed to cheer for. you know we've played in a lot of those where if if uh, even when you're on the road they cheer when you make a basket but i was uh, I was super impressed with our fans. they knew uh, they knew who who was wearing green and they uh, they got after it in a pretty positive way for us all day. so uh, it was fun I think it was a great great experience for our team um and i think we made some uh maybe we made some more fans that hadn't been to a game before and um you know that's one of the things that we've really wanted to do since i took over is try to really connect with people in our community and i think that over time when people have experienced one of our games um for the most part they've really had a good time and I i do think that we're growing a connection with our community and i think uh I think yesterday was another step forward in that. So it's a good day. It's good to get a win, too.
1: I was going to ask you that. What kind of dividends do you think games like this pay off? And you you might not know what dividends this one pays off today, but you're definitely going to find out maybe in a few years, uh, as you mentioned. uh, Maybe a young lady came to the game, became a fan, maybe down the road, maybe wants to play basketball, play for the Thundering Herd. There are so many possibilities there. And, uh, it's always just fun. Those kids are so energetic. I know volleyball does it as well and they're they're just they're just a different energy than you get usually at a normal game.
0: Yep. No, I I think uh, every one of those points you just made is exactly right. You know, and we've we have definitely benefited um in the last couple of years with having very good players that grew up with the connection to Marshall. So, um you know, we've got from our roster right now from right around here that grew up um huge Marshall fans and and they're going to, they are very good players for us right now. Some of them are going to develop into very good players. Um, You know, maybe that connection. And I I always say this, our, our really the girls basketball culture. So um, high school, grade school and that around here is very, very good. Um, Basketball, the, the youth basketball game is, there's some very good coaches at lower levels and instructional People around here that really do well with with basketball, so I, I think they're going to continue to churn out um, a lot of players that can help Marshall win a lot of games. So, um, you know, yeah, you hope you make a connection with them, and um, I think it's this place supports Marshall, so there, there's no question about that. Um, over time, as we continue to build our program and get it, if you look at our attendance numbers and things like that, they've gone up and up and up. You know, and if we continue to grow in terms of success, like I want us to, um, and like our, our team wants us to, um, I think it's just going to continue to get better. So that's the process that we're in. And, uh, you know, we are I don't know where we're at in the process, but I know we're working really hard to, to gain more fans and, and get a little better every day.
1: Tony Kempers, our guest Marshall women's basketball coach. His squad victorious over Coppin State 60-47. to 47. Taylor Pearson in that game had a career best 19 points. Uh, let's talk about her performance and uh, how she's progressed.
0: Uh, it was very, very good. You know, it, it, it was a, uh, I got asked in the press conference after the game was we, we did not start the game shooting the ball at all. You know, we couldn't score in the first quarter and honestly had pretty good shots and just nothing went in, which that happens to basketball. Um, but uh she really knocked the lid off and, and kind of gave us some breathing room at a moment where we, it was just a grind and, uh, she has worked extremely hard on her, um, shooting the basketball, you know, and, and she's always been, she, she's a tough cookie. You know, she does a lot for us in terms of leadership and toughness and things like that. Um, now she, she has worked, um, Outside of when we're in there working on our scheme to to be able to shoot that thing in there four out of seven times from three, and uh, well, I'm super happy with her that she had a game like that. And uh, you know, I think she's shooting the right balls, which our team is. You know, uh, we shot eight for 32 from three, and when you go back and look at it, there's not a lot of shots in there that I, I would want to take back away. And um, it's probably a little bit the nature of this time of year. I think you you get more comfortable and you. You usually shoot it a little bit better a couple games into the season, I think. So um, hopefully that, that kind of flips for us. But Taylor was a huge key in that game yesterday.
1: You got to be pretty happy overall. Uh, she wasn't just the only source of your offense. Uh, it feels like you know, you've got more depth. We've talked about that in the past. You've got more players who are stepping up. And you look to more than just one person. You know, if Taylor's not having a good night, you could call upon it. Kristen Mayo, if she's not having a good night, you've got a Savannah Wheeler. You've got a Khadija Brooks. You've got so many who can have a good night and have a career best.
0: Yeah, I think I think that that is that is going to be a key for this team. You know, it, we're not we are not going to be a one trick pony, and uh, I, I really like where kind of our ball movement is right now. Um, I could pop the tape in and show you a couple plays where that that ball just moved around. There was no – nobody held it and tried to square somebody up. And and, uh, we moved it and shot a good ball. And um, You know, the way it goes sometimes is is they don't – you know, we didn't make them at a very high clip. And at the same time, I I know that um, as our program has grown – over the last couple of years, we we can kind of win. It it never really got – it wasn't a pretty game, and it never really got within question. if that makes sense. And um, that's because we structurally we held pretty tough on the defensive end. Um, We didn't give up much. And, you know, on a night where you don't play, you don't shoot the ball well. I'm not sure we played bad on offense. We just didn't make anything. And, uh, you know, you still win kind of comfortably on a night where you're not at your best on the offensive end. So um, that – you know, walking away from that game, that's probably the thing I'm most happy with is this kind of a, we had a steadiness about us, a maturity about us that, um, it never really happened for us and we didn't panic, you know, and that, that's gonna, it's gonna happen again. That's the way this game is. And I was happy with this for being pretty level headed and pretty tough on the defensive end, but just kind of grinding one out. And if you can, if you can do that throughout the course of the year, you know, you're not gonna be, super efficient 30 times, and we found a way to get it done, um, hopefully on one of our poor shooting nights.
1: Tony Kempers, our guest, Marshall women's basketball coach. Now you're back in action tomorrow, 5 o'clock. We've got an actual doubleheader, a true doubleheader. The men will play at 8, and uh, you'll take the court and play at 5. And You've got Morgan State coming in. Now you you don't have uh, busloads and busloads of kids showing up for this one, but – uh, this is an opportunity for uh, a lot of herd fans. Again, maybe haven't uh, had a chance to come out to a game or haven't seen your squad in action. Uh, now they can take both your game and the men's game. Uh, make a day night of it.
0: Uh, we would love that. You know, we would love that, and it's it's going to be a, a Oregon State poses quite a challenge. You know, they uh, they are very very athletic. Um, they've got really quality guard play. They have four people averaging in double figures, um, so you can't really. There's not one thing you can key on to, to stop them and slow them down, and um, you know they they've had to go on the road quite a bit here early, and so sometimes sometimes a team like theirs, you know, you kind of look at their record and say, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's not exactly what it looks like. You know, we may have to play at Marquette and at Nebraska and things like that. But um, you know, I know it's going to be a challenge. I know we're going to have to be um, probably a little bit sharper than we were on Tuesday and. I also think it's it's a you know I like this little turnaround this is a very similar turnaround to what it's like in conference as they play you get one day and then you got to play again and um, you know so we're kind of going through our first prep that's similar to what conference play is going to be it is good to have it at home and uh, you know we got to be steady and tough and hopefully some of those fans that that uh, maybe haven't seen us are going to see a team that's exciting to watch and, and uh, exciting to cheer on
1: How'd you luck out getting the double header? Uh, because uh, some programs uh, they they try to move these things around not to conflict with each other. Uh, you're fortunate in the fact that you know we're excited the fact we've got a double header here. We get to see both the men and women coming up tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think you know and that goes to, and I, I appreciate our relationship with Coach D'Antoni and his program. I think that uh, for for logistic purposes, a lot of times we we try to work together to to. Uh, to try to have them not be on the schedule on the same night. And yet I think we both understand that um sometimes it is best for his program. If if sometimes we have one scheduled and, and the best time for them to play is on the same night and and vice versa. And when that happens, we, we both you know, I know are excited to give the fans a chance to watch us both and, and uh that's what's happened. It actually happened back to back. You know, it happened the other day and it just so happens that we, we wanted to do that education day. And and we, you know, we hadn't done that for a couple of years. We brought it back and that, that needs to stay. It, we, you know, we need to keep that in there in the rotation and, and, uh, every year, but it, it'll be a, this'll be a fun game. And it, it's it's always good for our team. There's a lot of buzz in there when we get done. And I, and I like that about it. So, um, you know, now we need to match and play well. And, and uh, that, I guess I'm excited to see their bounce back kind of from, from Tuesday. You got to, got to do it quick and, um, you know, we'll see tomorrow at five.
1: Does it just work out that way, or was that partially by design to, to put them through that stress early?
0: Well, it, yeah, kind of both a little bit. When it, you know, when you start looking at dates, um, you know, I think early in the season, you you do like to have some a little bit more time off um, because you kind of want to, you know, from a coaching perspective, you want to have time to. Um, look at the film and then go through and kind of address the things that we can improve while working towards the next game. Um, and yet I think when the opportunity to play the games at home and stuff kind of fell the right way, um, you know, I can also quickly turn and and get to the point where it is, I mean, you know, we're going to learn things from this experience this early and we're going to have some time to, to correct things and stuff as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot over the course of a year. You know, this is a long season, and then there's a lot of lessons in there. and And I think that, uh, you know, this opportunity presented itself. And and some years I think it'll be there, and some years it won't. Some years it may be on the road. Um, some years it may be a neutral site tournament somewhere where you play back to back. All those kind of little difficult things. Um, you know, definitely you can plant the seed with your team that this is you know, this is what it's like. And in this league, it's when you hit middle of February, you're, you're tired. You know, it, it's been a lot and nobody cares. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of keep your nose down and you got to work again because the team you're going to play feels the same way, but they're at home and you got to reload and go after it. And, uh, you know, I think we've, you know, as I've said, I think we've grown a lot in that respect. I think our, our, Effort, kind of our baseline effort has really improved over the last couple of years. So, you know, this will be a good good point in the year where we can find out if we're taking a step forward or not.
1: Tony Kemper, our guest, Marshall women's basketball coach tomorrow, 5 o'clock tip at the Cam Henderson center. We encourage everyone to come out and support the women before the men's game, or we uh, support the, the women's uh, crowd to come out and support the men after the women, you know, That's either way. Too. Yeah. Cause you've That's got, exactly right. you've got a distinct crowd. There are some who are one or the other. We're trying to get them all to be both.
0: <laughs> well, I think that, uh, I think around here, you, most, most people bleed green. You know, if you're in there, you, you're a pretty big Marshall fan. So, um, that's right. We'll take, we'll take some holdovers, and I know Coach D'Antonio will take some holdovers from us, too, if, if they're out
1: there. And Coach, good luck tomorrow. We'll see you at the Henderson Center. And uh, hopefully, uh, if you take care of business real quick, we'll get you on live uh, tomorrow during our pregame for the men's game. Uh, so uh, really fast, no tar- uh, no timeouts, no turnovers, no stoppage of the clock. Let's just get, get a quick win.
0: Hey, if there's, no ti- if there's no turnovers, I probably won't take any timeouts. That's probably fair. You know, I'll, I'll let you give the speech, and then we can probably make it fast. If they don't turn it over.
1: Okay, because, yes, my motivational <laughs> speech will be the reason they win. Yeah, exactly. It'll,
0: I bet it'd be good, Paul. I bet, you got, I bet you've been sitting on one for years.
1: Oh, I might have one or two. Uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a Her, I'm a Herb Brooks fan from back in the day, so I might have a speech handy.
0: He was pretty good. He yeah. He was pretty good at that. He,
1: he was good so. at those speeches. Coach, good talking to I you. Don't. Thanks for doing us again, as always, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall Women's Basketball team. We're going to talk football when we come back from break. Uh, we got we got Levi Brown, we got Will Ulmer. We're going to hear from those guys as Marshall football getting set for Charlotte. We'll do that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to the
0: drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Still to come, we've got Inside Herd Athletics with Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hammer. That is coming up tonight following this program. And then after that, we'll have the Doc Holiday Show. It's all coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, of course, We've got Thundering Herd football this weekend. We've got Thundering Herd basketball tomorrow. So we've got a lot of action to keep you busy over these next few days. Marshall Volleyball redshirt junior Sierra DeBelle, named to the All-Conference USA first team that came out today. It's her second All-Conference honor. And you know what? Um, She has been outstanding for the Thundering Herd. She has uh, put the Herd in a position where uh, they are back in the Conference USA tournament. They are the four-seed. Thundering Herd was predicted to finish 10th. They're the fourth seed. What's that tell you about what's been happening with Marshall Volleyball? Thundering Herd also on the American Volleyball Coaches Association Top 100 list. That is pretty impressive. Marshall is one of four Conference USA teams to be on that list, along with Western Kentucky Rice and Florida Atlantic. So some good things happening for Marshall Volleyball. So uh, Ari Agnes has done a fantastic job for that program so far. College football, of course, the Thundering Herd getting set for Charlotte, and that'll be this weekend. We'll have that broadcast. And don't forget, if you need a place to watch the game, we've got you covered. We'll be at Roosters for our pregame, and we hope you can come out and join us. We'll be watching the game alongside of you, and that'll come up on Saturday. So let's hope that the Thundering Herd can get a big victory on the road and come back and finish out the regular season against FIU. Selection Committee coming out with their rankings yesterday and guess what? Uh, the top teams, uh, well, we pretty much guessed that. Let's go from top to bottom and then we'll talk about them. LSU 10 and 0, they're still the number 1 team in the selection committee rankings and then Ohio State coming in at number 2 and then it's Clemson at number 3 at 11 and 0 and then you've got the first of the one-loss teams, Georgia. They're sitting at 4th, f- 9 and 1 overall. Then five through eight, these are the teams that uh, might have a shot getting in, maybe. Alabama's probably got the best shot of any of these teams. It depends on what happens to the other four on the top, but Alabama is fifth. Then you've got Oregon coming in at six at nine and one. Utah is at seven, they're nine and one. Penn State, they're eighth, and they are also nine and one. Rounding out the top ten, Oklahoma, they're ninth at nine and one, and Minnesota is 10th at nine and one. Of all those teams, I don't know. Oklahoma could make a jump. They've got some room to to grow there, it looks like. Penn State, depending on what happens in the Big Ten, Penn State's a possibility there. Alabama, I think, has got the easiest path, the jump, they could possibly get into that top four. Georgia, they've got to hang on to their spot. And, of course, right now, it's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. I don't think outside of a major collapse, those three teams are going anywhere. Now... Here are the teams uh, that I don't think are going to have a shot, but they're still ranked. Again, this is the selection committee rankings. These are the rankings that pretty much become the default rankings after the selection committee makes their first round of rankings known. We start with Florida. They are 11th. They're sitting at 9-2. and two, And then Wisconsin's 12th at 8-2. and two. Michigan's 13th at 8-2. and two. Then you have Baylor. I was hoping for Baylor. I really was hopeful for Baylor, but they're now 9-1, and and they are down to 14 on the selection committee's rankings. Auburn at 7-3 and is 15. Notre Dame, again, I like Notre Dame when they are competing for national championships. They're 8-2, might not be their year this year, but they're still always uh, a team that's a contender, at least uh, they're in the conversation most years. Iowa comes in at 17, at 7-3. And And then we get to some of the interesting teams. These are some of the teams that you're a little bit more familiar with as far as if you go by the designations, Power 5, Group 5, if you want to use those designations. And right now, Memphis is sitting pretty at 18. So they're one of the teams that could get one of the better bowls. Memphis is right there with Cincinnati. And so it could come down to Memphis, Cincinnati, uh, Boise State. Number 20, I don't know if they can leapfrog past Cincinnati or Memphis. Something's going to have to happen there. But keep in mind, Marshall has played Cincinnati and played Boise State. Super competitive with Boise State. Outcome with Cincinnati, maybe not the outcome you expected. You didn't want to see the herd get beat like that. Marshall has since progressed. Uh, I think Marshall would be a better opponent now for Cincinnati than they were several weeks ago. But Cincinnati's 19, Boise State coming in at 20. And then you've got Oklahoma State at 21. Iowa State, they're 22nd. And then rounding out the final three teams, Southern Cal is 23rd. Appalachian State, they are 24th. And SMU, at 25, I was kind of pulling for SMU for a while. I really wanted to see SMU get back into a spot where they've got some national notoriety. They have got success. And, you know, 25's not bad. They're 9-1. and They could move up a little bit. Appalachian State as well. Uh, Appalachian State was one of these teams that had to be undefeated to really have a shot at looking at one of the major bowls. Cincinnati, Memphis, probably the best shots right now. Boise State, they're still in the conversation, though. You can't count any of those teams out just yet. And yeah, I, I know you've heard this before, that maybe Marshall should be where Appalachian State is. And I've heard that. And, of course, uh, you're welcome to call in to Inside Herd Athletics, Marshall University Athletic Director Mike Hammer, your host, Mike Kurtner. Appalachian State has been a favorite team of his when they discuss these power rankings. So uh, that might come up. That might not come up. I don't know. Because on that show, I don't know what the topics are. The athletic director doesn't know what the topics are. Nobody but the host knows the topics, and we'll find all that out together, and that is coming up next right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So playoffs look like this. It would be LSU and Georgia. That would be the first matchup, and then it would be Ohio State and Clemson, probably the more interesting of the two first-round matchups. Semi-final games, I like... LSU, I'm going to say I like Ohio State. I think that's probably going to be your national championship game unless something changes. LSU, Ohio State. I think they got it right. I don't think there's any question. Right now, if Georgia's ahead of Alabama. That can change. And again, these things change every week. And you look at this now. We're getting close to the final rankings. And as much as we talk about these and how we're interested in where teams are, You can throw this thing out here in a few days. This is going to be different. Georgia can look pretty bad. Alabama can look fantastic. And all of a sudden, you could see a flip-flop here. Or Georgia and Alabama could just look terrible. And Oregon could look really solid the last few weeks. And then Oregon could slide right in at number four. I mean, keep that in mind. Or Penn State could do something miraculous. And all of a sudden, they're in contention to maybe grab that four spot. It could all change. But the great thing about it is, is it's something for us to talk about, and it's fun to look at these things. And of course, Marshall, I would love to see Marshall one day, one day soon, really back in this conversation. It's very hard, though. It's very hard to not only go undefeated, but it's it's very hard to win a championship, as we've seen. You just can't go out and do it every year. It's very hard, even for the bigger schools. Sometimes I mean, it's not possible to do it every year. But I like where Marshall's at right now. Marshall's a couple of games out from playing for an, a championship. They've still got to stay focused. I, I like talking to these guys uh, during player interviews. I like where their heads are at. Uh, I think they get it. They realize 1-0 has uh, served them well. Can't look past Charlotte. I like where their head's at. They know it's in front of them, but at the same time, uh, they've got to get over an obstacle to get over an obstacle before they can play for a championship. And I think they've got really uh, the right mindset. Honestly, ever since that Middle Tennessee game, and really a few things here or there, Marshall could have come out with a win. Ever since that Middle Tennessee game, I really like where these kids are. Not just saying the right things, but they're finding ways to win. And this last game against Louisiana Tech, I really liked how they put everything together. Cato was efficient. Cato had a good game. I'm sorry. Uh, I whoa. I am flashing back to 2014. Uh, Green had a great game. Cato had a great game too a few years ago. But Green had a great game. Ob coming out there, and you know maybe I'm starting to flashback. Maybe I'm thinking it's Cato and and Schuler. Maybe I'm thinking. I don't know. Maybe that's what it looked like to me there. That's why I flashed back a second ago. But I like the way all of a sudden Obie's out there and it just picked right back up where you thought he would be. Brendan Knox has had a tremendous run as of uh, as of right now. Uh, he's probably one of the best backs in Conference USA and will continue to be. It feels like that he's uh, not slowing down. He's getting a lot better. So we've got a lot of positives to look forward to here over the next few weeks so you know what this team kind of reminds me of 2014 so be it i'll take that flashback anytime so don't forget coming up next inside herd athletics and i do invite you to join the program you can call 877-420-TALK 877-420-8255 and you can talk to the athletic director of Marshall University, Mike Hamrick. Uh, Mike is always gracious with uh, the phone calls and will answer your questions, so take advantage of it. Mike's um, very gracious with his time spending an hour with you, so it should be a fun show coming up, and then we'll have, after that, we'll get Doc Holliday's thoughts as uh, that's coming up tonight following Inside Earth Athletics. Back tomorrow, we've got double header action coming up. That's right. Marshall in action tomorrow. We'll have the game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So until then, I'm Paul Swan. Back tomorrow for our daily show at 5, and then we've got basketball pregame coverage coming up live from the Henderson Center. Good night, everyone.
0: 7BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.